Welcome to Epic, everyone. We're so glad you've chosen to join us again online. And if you're new with us, my name is Trent. I'm one of the pastors on staff here. And if you aren't new with us, uh, let me just say that I and our staff miss seeing you in person. Uh, We miss hearing from you, hearing what's going on in your life. And just know that right now, as we're going through this, we're praying for you. And we can't wait to re-engage our physical services on the other side of coronavirus when we're reopening our community again in whatever whatever format that looks like. So we look forward to seeing you again real soon. Now, last week, we started a new series called The 5G Life, and it was based on something that we learned in our Easter message. So on Easter, we learned that God is a very personal God, and he wants a personal relationship with each and every one of us. And in order for us to grow that relationship the way that any relationship should grow, there are specific things that we should be doing. And again, we call those the five G's. As we search scripture, we found there are at least five things that we need to be active in on a regular basis in order to grow our relationship with God the way that we desire and the way that he he desires for us as well. So here are the five G's. God, grow, gather, give, go. So we start with God. And we talked about that last week. That represents talking and listening to God through prayer. And then the grow part, which we're going to talk about today, represents growing by reading the Bible and applying it to our lives. And then the gather part represents gathering in a context of a small group to learn to live in biblical community. We'll talk about that next week. And then the give part represents giving of our time, talents, and treasures to advance God's kingdom around the world. And then finally, the go part represents going into all the world to tell everyone about Jesus. So those are the five G's, things that we should be active in on a regular basis to grow in our relationship with God. And I can't think of a perfect time to be studying this than right now. It feels like God has kind of hit the reset button for all of us and given us an opportunity to kind of reflect on our lives and evaluate our lives and kind of reprioritize some things. And maybe for some of us, we felt like, you know, before the pandemic, there were certain things that we thought were really important. And now we're kind of reevaluating those things. And maybe some things that we had neglected maybe time with family, maybe uh, time checking on friends, uh, maybe time spending with God or just time to reflect in our own lives. Maybe we're recognizing those things are like really important and we need to reprioritize our lives. So right now, I think is a great time for us to be strengthening our relationship with God. So when we come out of this pandemic, whenever that is, whatever that looks like, we can have a stronger relationship with God as we do that. So last week, we talked about the first G. And again, that represents talking and listening to God through prayer. And hopefully this week, you've been able to take a few steps in learning how to grow in prayer. And if you are very familiar with prayer, hopefully you've engaged the prayer challenge I gave last week of praying through Psalms 139 verses 23 and 24. And if you did that, I'm sure God stretched you and challenged you in some powerful ways this past week. But today we're going to be talking about the second G and that is grow. Uh, 
And as we do that, I've got some props with me today. I'm not sure if you can see it real well, but I've got a plate of broccoli here. And then I've got a plate of Reese Easter eggs. And these two props are gonna help us today. And I wish you were here with me enjoying one of these. And uh, this is what I would prefer to enjoy with a glass of milk before I go to bed at night. Uh, But you can enjoy some broccoli if that's kind of your thing. All right, so I'm gonna ask some questions. They're not hard questions. I'd love for you to answer them at home or or online, however you're engaging us today. I'm gonna ask questions based upon these two props that we have up here today. So first question is this. Which of these two items do you think would help to build a stronger body? Broccoli or Reese Easter eggs? If you said broccoli, you are correct on that first question. Okay, second question for you. Which of these two will help to build stronger muscles and a stronger mind? Again, broccoli or Reese Easter eggs? Again, if you said broccoli, you are correct on that second question. Now, the question's gonna get a little bit harder or maybe a little bit easier depending on how you define that. So third question is this. Which of these two things do you think most people would rather eat? If you said broccoli, I would say you're wrong. At least in my household, uh, you would be way wrong in my household. Uh, My house really enjoys the chocolatey peanut butter goodness of Easter Reese cups. And even though we know that broccoli is much better for us, we would rather eat the chocolate. Now, I was reminded of that two weeks ago when my son and I were going shopping to get prepared for our Easter meal. So we went to Publix and we were getting stuff for our Easter meal and we pulled into the checkout line and I saw somebody in front of me had a bag of the bigger Easter Reese cups. And I saw that bag and said to my son, Cody, I said, Cody, uh, we're not done yet. We got to pull out and we got to find where that candy is. And uh, I asked a a manager and the manager said, oh, they're on the other side of the store. So we walked to the other side of the store. And while we're walking, my son engages this conversation and says something like, dad, like, do we really need to get that candy? That's not going to help you lose the weight that you're talking about losing. And so I had to, to stop in Publix and educate my son on the importance of Reese Easter eggs. And I had to explain to him that if we don't buy these now, buddy, we're going to miss out on a whole year of goodness. And so we can't wait till next year. We've got to enjoy them this year. And we went and found those and my son kind of rolled his eyes at me like, yeah, whatever, dad. Uh, You know, it's kind of a sad deal when one of your kids is saying, hey, take it easy on the chocolate or take it easy on the sugar. You know, maybe you got a problem with it. But here's the reality for my life. I would much rather eat the Reese candy than have broccoli, even though I know broccoli is much better for me. But if I make a habit of just eating this kind of food on a regular basis, uh, there's some trouble in store for me. I could develop diabetes, uh, unnecessary weight gain, have teeth issues. All kinds of bad things can happen if this is my diet on a regular basis. Now, 
We all get that. This isn't a, a class on health, okay? So I'm not trying to guilt you into eating broccoli this morning. Uh, here's a bigger question for all of us. And I'm curious how you'd answer this. What would you say is the best thing to feed your mind? What's the best thing to feed your mind? Your mind is an organ. It's a part of your body. It needs fuel to operate at its best. So what is the best thing to feed your mind to get the most out of your mental capabilities? Here are some options of what people feed their minds with. Some of us, especially in this time frame right now, as we're walking through this pandemic, some of us feed our minds with work, like all the time. We think about work in the morning, all day long, at night when we come home, or if we're at home, we're working at night, late at night. Maybe we wake up in the middle of the night, we're still thinking about work. For some people, they're working more now than ever. For other people, they're working in new ways, and that's causing stress for them, and, and it's causing us to, to not have the regular routines and patterns that we typically have in our lives. And so for some of us, we feed our minds work all the time. For other people, they feed their minds social media or whatever the internet has to offer. And we'll spend maybe minutes to hours in a day, hours in a week, just devouring whatever social media offers us. And it offers us a smorgasbord of all kinds of things that we can enjoy. And so we post things and we read things and we repost things and we stalk people and we watch videos and whatever we do on social media, sometimes we just devour, again, whatever is offered to us. This past week, I was watching a video on Facebook. Maybe you saw it watching a video of a turtle that when somebody was squirting a water hose on it, it was like dancing when it got sprayed. And after I watched that, I thought somebody actually posted that video online for us to watch. And then I thought, and I watched it. So again, some of us feed our minds with whatever social media has to offer. Others of us feed our minds with our favorite news source. So right now we are all plugged into the news. We're watching it as much as we possibly can. Uh, We're trying to get updates on the coronavirus. Uh, How is it affecting our community? How many people have it? How many new cases? How many people have died? When are we gonna reopen our community? What is that gonna look like? How do we do that in a safe way? There's all kinds of ways that we feed our minds news on a regular basis. Now, Before the pandemic, not that long ago, there were many people feeding their minds with politics. Do you remember that this is an election year? And I know for some of us, we're like, oh yeah, like it's an election year. That's coming up in the near future. And we forgot about that because we're now feeding our minds everything that has to do with the coronavirus. So some of us feed our minds with news. Other people feed their minds with negative thoughts. Negative thoughts constantly roll through their brain. Like, I can't do this. Uh, I'm not good enough. I'll never have what it takes to be successful in life. And maybe those thoughts are their own thoughts. Maybe those thoughts come from somebody else in their life who has spoken that. But there are a lot of people that just constantly feed their mind, I'm not good enough. Again, there's all kinds of things that we can feed our minds with. 
Pastor Rick Warren says that we can feed our minds truth or trash. Again, we can feed our minds with truth or trash. And I wonder what you feed your mind with on a regular basis. Is it truth or is it trash? Listen to what Philippians chapter four, verse eight says. It says, fix your thoughts on. I think we could also say, feed your mind. What is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. So as you read that and listen to that, would you say that's what you feed your mind with? Is that what fills your mind on a regular basis? I'd be willing to bet that for many of us, that's not what we feed our minds. And if you're in that category where you would say, you know what, that's not really what I feed my mind on a regular basis. The apostle Paul has more to say to us in Romans chapter 12, verse two. Listen to what he says. He says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. You know, it really seems today that a behavior and custom of this world is to feed our minds trash instead of truth. So Paul says, don't do that. Instead, let God transform you by changing the way you think. Again, what we think determines our relationship with God. What we feed our minds affects us and it affects our relationship with God. So we gotta be careful of what we're feeding our mind with. And Paul says, God can transform your mind by feeding you truth. And the truth that God offers us is found in his written word. It's found in the Bible. So listen to what Paul says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 about the Bible. He says, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and it teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So God transforms us through his written word when we feed our minds on it. Now, I realize that there are many perspectives today out there when it comes to the Bible. There are some people that think, you know, the Bible's, it may be a good book, but it's outdated, not really relevant for today. There's some people think that, you know, the Bible's kind of dangerous. You should never follow any of its instructions. There are some that believe that the Bible is our source for truth and they cherish it and its guidance in our lives. And I'm sure you can imagine that as a pastor, I believe the Bible is our source for truth. But if you don't think that, I want you to think about this. If we don't have one source for absolute truth that guides our lives, what are we left with that guide us through the complexities of this world? What are we left with? We're left with our opinions, where I think this, you think that, and I really don't want my life built on something that's that shallow. I want my life built on something that's solid, that can really help me uh, through all that life has to throw at me. And I believe the Bible is that one source of truth that all of us should apply to our lives. If you question 
that, if you question the reliability of the Bible, if you're struggling with, I'm not so sure, I'm not convinced that the Bible is that source of truth, here's what I recommend for you. I recommend that you go to our website, theepicchurch.com, and you search for a message called, Can the Bible Be Trusted? by Tim Jones, our executive pastor. He did a message last year uh, based upon that title. And I encourage you to listen to that. He did a great job of answering that question and explaining how the Bible is reliable and trustworthy for us even today. So go to our website, theepicchurch.com, search for that title, and you'll be able to, to listen to that. Now, there's a lot of people who don't question the reliability or the relevance of scripture. They don't question that. They, they believe this is God's written word, and yet they struggle to feed their minds with it. They struggle to apply it to their lives. So I wanna spend the next amount of time that we have together just kind of explaining the Bible and explaining one study method that we can engage to grow in our knowledge of the Bible. And this part will be real beneficial to anybody who's new to the Bible. And if you're not new to the Bible, maybe I'll talk about something that you've forgotten, or maybe I'll talk about something that you've not engaged before and you can actually learn something new as we walk through this time. So first off, I think it's important to understand that the Bible is a collection of books. It's a collection actually of ancient writings. There's 66 different writings uh, here written over a 1500 year time span by over 40 different authors. And that makes the Bible one very unique book. There's no other book in the world like the Bible. And it contains one story from start to finish, from Genesis to Revelation. It's one story of God's incredible love for you and for me. Another important thing to know about the Bible is that it's broken into two parts. There are two main sections. One's called the Old Testament. One's called the New Testament. Now, the Old Testament was written to and about the nation of Israel. And the New Testament was written to and for all Christ followers uh, who have ever lived or who will ever live. Now, we can learn anything as we're reading any section of the Bible. There's so many things we can learn from the Old Testament. There's so many things we can learn from the New Testament. But when you're reading the Old Testament and the New Testament, it's really good to understand the difference between the two so we can understand how God wants us to apply whichever section of whatever we're reading to our lives. Uh, here's another uh, helpful piece of information that I get asked often. Sometimes people ask me, hey, what are the numbers in the Bible all about? There are these bigger numbers, then there are these smaller numbers. So let me just explain that because not everybody understands that. Those numbers represent chapters and verses. So if somebody says, hey, turn in your Bible to John chapter three, verse 16, that person is saying that that, that part of the Bible is found in the book of John chapter three, verse 16. That helps us to find the address of a specific verse that we're looking for in the Bible. So we're not looking all over the place trying to figure out what we're talking about. So those numbers give us specific addresses for those verses that we are learning from together. Now, when it comes to studying the Bible, a helpful strategy is called this. It's called SOAP, S-O-A-P, SOAP. And the S stands for scripture, the O stands for observation, the A stands for application, 
And the P stands for prayer. So I'm gonna walk through how we can use soap to help us study the Bible and get more familiar with it. So again, we start with S, stands for scripture. Now, what I recommend for somebody who's new to the Bible is to make sure when you come to scripture, you understand what you're reading and you're reading a translation that's more reader friendly. There are many translations out there. Some of them are harder to read. Some of them are easier to read. I grew up reading the King James version of the Bible. And if you were to open that up and start reading that, you'd start scratching your head like I scratch my head many times to say like, what are all the these and the thous and the shalls and the shall nots? Like we don't use that language anymore. So it's helpful to read an updated version of the Bible that's a little bit easier to read. So some of the the translations that I recommend are the New Living Translation, the New International Version, the English Standard Version, and the New American Standard Bible. Those are some, some great modern translations that you can use. Again, there's a lot of options out there, but those are a few that'll help you find a version that's easier to read as you get started in doing that then once you have a readable version of the Bible that you're reading, the next thing we have to do is start reading the Bible and pick a place to to start reading. And this is gonna sound really strange, uh, but again, the Bible is not like any other book. So I don't recommend that if you're brand new to the Bible, I don't recommend that you start in the beginning. I know that sounds weird but you would read in Genesis and Exodus and and you would love the Bible stories you're reading there. But then when you would get in the books after that, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, you'd start scratching your head, maybe pulling your hair out like I have at times, wondering what in the world is God talking about and how do I apply that to my life? So again, if you're brand new to the Bible, that's not where I recommend you start reading. I actually recommend you start in the New Testament with the book of John. So in the New Testament, there are four books at the beginning of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Those are called the gospels and they center on the life of Jesus. And if you focus on the book of John, just spend some time reading John, you'll get very acquainted with Jesus and what he taught his disciples to do and actually how he modeled that for them. Now, the cool thing about technology is that it provides us some new ways for learning the Bible. And so through technology, we can actually use a Bible app called the Version Bible app. And you can download that on your computer. You can download that on your smartphone. I have that on my smartphone. I use it there regularly. I also use a paperback version of the Bible as I'm reading. But through the Version Bible app, it provides all kinds of Bible reading plans that we can engage. Uh, you can read through a specific book in the Bible. Like you could read through the book of John, like I was just talking about over a 30-day time period or even more. You could read through the entire Bible in a year. I've done that on several occasions. You can study a specific subject in the Bible like anxiety or fear or depression or humility. There's all kinds of things that you can study in the Bible. We just have to select something and then start studying that. So let me tell you what I'm studying right now. So right now in my daily Bible reading, I'm studying the life of Moses Numbers chapter 12, verse three, it says that Moses was the most humble person who ever lived. 
And I've been intrigued by that actually for years. And so I've decided, you know what? Like I need to learn a little bit more about humility in my life and how to apply that to my life. So I wanna learn from Moses who was the most humble person who ever lived. So I'm reading through Exodus right now and I'm learning a little bit more about Moses and his humility. So you've gotta pick something. You gotta start somewhere. And uh, you can start again, the sky's the limit. Um, one area that you could start beyond studying the book of John, if you're new, is through our spiritual growth challenge. So we make that available each Sunday and it follows along what we're talking about on Sunday. There's a Bible reading plan there as well. So you could just download that and then just read that Bible reading plan. It goes from Monday through Friday and you can just follow along and dig deeper in what we're talking about on Sunday. Again, there's all kinds of options for how to get into the Bible. We just have to pick one and get started. And you'll be amazed at what you can learn in a relatively short amount of time when you just spend time studying the Bible. So the S stands for scripture. The O stands for observation. And while we're reading scripture, we need to make as many observations as possible. We need to ask uh, who was writing this book? Uh, Who were they writing to? What was going on in the culture at that time? What was going on around that verse that we're reading or that chapter that we're reading? There's all kinds of things for us to learn and make observations about as we're reading the Bible. So for me, uh, as an example, again, I'm, I'm reading about Moses and I'm making observations about his life and how he developed humility. And one of the things that I'm noticing is that there's a really good chance that Moses developed humility as he went through all the challenges and struggles of leading the nation of Israel to the promised land. Now, when I'm reading that, I'm thinking, like, I don't know that I really want that for my life. I want humility but I would kind of rather have the diploma instead of all the coursework that Moses went through to get there. But I don't think there's a shortcut to developing the humility that Moses had. So those are some of the observations that I'm making. And as you're making an observation, uh, it can be questions that you have. Uh, it can be just insights of what you think maybe is going on in that passage. Just, just anything that comes to your mind as you're reading that passage. And a really good thing to do, a good habit to, to be in is to have a notepad with you as you're reading scriptures, you're studying and write those observations down. As you write those things down, it's easier for you to remember them or come back to them later and discover what you have been learning as you're making these observations and digging deeper and finding God's answers for the questions that you possibly have as you're doing that. So make as many observations as you can about reading. Then comes one of the most important parts of reading scripture, and that's application. That's what the A stands for in SOAP. We've got to apply scripture to our lives. The reality is the Bible was not written for information purposes only. It was written for transformation purposes. And that's how God transforms our lives. When we read scripture and then apply it to our lives. So listen to what the brother of Jesus, a guy by the name of James said in James chapter one, verse 22. He said, don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it is like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away and forget what you look like. But if you look 
carefully into the perfect law that sets you free. And if you do what it says, and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. James didn't say, listen, God's gonna bless you if you spend a lot of time just reading and learning. He said, God's gonna bless you when you read it and you apply it to your life. So as we're reading scripture, there's some questions that we should be asking on a regular basis. Questions like this, how does this apply to me? And then what does God want me to do with this information? We should be asking those questions for application purposes. Because again, that's the most important part of reading scripture, learning how to apply it to our lives. Now, sometimes the application answers are easy. If you read Matthew chapter six, verse 14, you find out that God wants us to forgive people who hurt us. So the next time somebody hurts you, you don't have to spend time praying and asking God if you should forgive them. God has already spoken on that. Yes, we should forgive them. But there are other parts of scripture that take a little bit more time to figure out how to apply to our lives. You might read something and say like, what does that mean? And what am I supposed to do with that? I'm not really sure. So I'm gonna add another A to the A part of SOAP. And the next A that I would recommend we all engage is called ask. So when we don't know something, we should ask. We should ask somebody else who knows a little bit more than we do. Find somebody that we trust who understands scripture a little bit more or a lot more than we do and ask them. And hopefully you have somebody like that in your life. But if you don't, reach out to us. Uh, Ask one of our pastors, ask one of our ministry leaders, ask one of our small group leaders, just get in the habit of asking other people. That's one of the greatest ways to learn is when we ask that we can get answers. And and I'll just be honest with you. There are many times somebody will ask me a Bible question and I don't have the answer for it. I'm not sure, but I'm not intimidated by that because I'll go ask. I'll dive into research or I'll ask somebody who's farther down the journey than I am when it comes to understanding scripture. And once you have an answer, then you have that to give to other people as well. So don't be afraid to ask a question. And in the beauty of, again, technology, we can ask all kinds of people. Uh, We can go online and do an online search for a Bible question that we have. And as we do that, let me just caution you, there are a lot of bad sources out there, Uh, just like any subject on the internet. There are a lot of bad sources for Bible information. So you gotta be careful, but there are some great sources as well. So I'm gonna give you three great websites that I highly highly recommend you spend some time uh, studying and researching when you have a question about the Bible. So they are these. So first is gotquestions.org answersingenesis.org or blueletterbible.org. All great resources that I use in my own life. And that last one there, the blueletterbible.org will help you understand the original Greek and Hebrew. That was the original language of the Bible. And it'll help you understand maybe a, a Greek word or a Hebrew word and its translation for our lives today. So that'll help you dig a little bit deeper when it comes to applying scripture and answering questions that you might have for things that you're not sure about. Again, the point is when we don't understand, we should ask because we can't apply something to our lives that we don't understand. Now comes the final part of SOAP and that is the P, that's prayer. 
So when we pray, that's an opportunity for us to talk to God about how we're supposed to apply something to our lives. So we'll read something, make observations about it, maybe ask questions about it, talk about the application and talk to God about, God, what do you want us to do as a result of this? What do you want me to do? How how should this look in my life? What should I be, be doing on a daily basis based upon what I'm reading here? So that can help us to understand what God wants us to do and how to apply it to our life. Sometimes those answers come quickly. Other times those answers come over weeks or months and it's a journey that God takes us on. But again, that's a part of what it means to have a personal relationship with God where we walk a journey with him and we learn together over an amount of time of growing that relationship. So that is a brief overview over the uh, aspects of SOAP and how we can apply that Bible study method to our lives. And there are other ways to study the Bible. Um, But again, the, the point is that we can feed our minds with truth or we can feed our minds with trash. And we need to be learning to feed our minds the truth of God's word on a regular basis. I heard a pastor say one time that the point of the Bible is not that we get all the way through the Bible from start to finish, but that we get the Bible all the way through us. And so that means we've got to become lifelong students of God's written word and study it and keep studying it and keep applying it to our lives. We'll never be able to get to the end of the truth that God offers us in scripture. So we've got to study and apply to our lives. Now, there's a good chance that many of you who are watching today would say, you know what, that, that's been great, but like, I know all that. Like, I, I, I understand all that. And if you are in that spot, I would say, great, that's fantastic. A deeper question would be, are you still feeding your mind the truth of God's word? It's too easy sometimes to get real familiar with scripture and be relying on something that we learned years ago instead of something that we're learning today. So if you're familiar with scripture, if you've studied it for maybe years in your life, never get to the spot where you think you have learned everything there is to know. We'll never get to that spot. So we need to keep reading, keep asking, keep studying, keep making observations, keep applying that to our lives. And that's again, the way that we grow in a relationship with God. So what are you feeding your mind? Are you feeding it truth? Are you feeding it trash? Truth is the only thing that will sustain us in our relationship with God. So that's the second G, growing by reading and applying the Bible to our lives. Next week, we're going to talk about the third G, and that is gathering in a context of a small group to grow in biblical community. And that'll be an interesting conversation for us to have, especially in light of what we're going through right now. But I look forward to us engaging that together next week. After I pray, our discussion questions are gonna come up and I hope that you'll get into some great discussion about the Bible and what you're feeding your mind with. So let's pray together. God, we are grateful for your written word that you have given us so that we can understand how you want us to live. 
Lord, it is our source of absolute truth that can guide us through the complexities of this world. So Lord, we as your followers need to become lifelong students of it. And today I pray for those that maybe are skeptical about the Bible, that you'll bring them some real answers to the questions that they have. Lord, for those that are new to the Bible, I I pray that they would dive into some of the suggestions that we've offered today so that they can grow in their knowledge and application of your written word. And Lord, I pray for those of us who are very familiar with the Bible. Maybe we've studied it for years. I pray that we would not get so familiar with it that we grow distant to it, but that we would stay engaged in it and, uh, and keep reading and keep applying it to our lives because we understand it really is the only way for us to maintain a strong relationship with you by reading and applying your truth to our lives. So thank you for your truth that you've given us. In Jesus' powerful name, we pray this. Amen. Thanks for being with us today.